This episode of Comics for Fun and Profit is brought to you by Allocation. Comic book allocation. Now, we told you this is a pre-order business, and all you got to do is just pre-order what you think you might want three months before you might want it. So, that guarantees you to get your comic book. Not so fast. We also want to do a little allocation. So although we tell you, you have to pre-order to guarantee your copy, you're also not going to give you your copy anyway. We're going to decide if you are deserving of that copy. You see? Because, uh, I, I don't know, we're Black Mask? <laughs> we're the, insert your publisher name here that likes to create scarcity and pump up the volume on specability of a comic. We know you bought issue one and two, and we'll give you four and five. Issue three is going to be a bit of a bear. We're going to allocate the crap out of that one. <laughs> and you know what we'll do? We'll, we'll go to a second printing. But we're going to allocate the second printing, too. So, y yeah. So I would say order 15. We order order fifteen of those, and we might give you one, maybe. But don't get, don't get, don't get all excited. It's allocation, beyond our control. Sorry. For listening to comics for fun and profit, this is Drew and Eric this week. Hello, Eric. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. I'm glad to have you here. Thank you for filling in for Kyle on his month-long, um, what do they call it in Australia, walkabout? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a walkabout. I, I still think it's a witness protection thing. Uh, yeah, very much. Very <laughs> much good. And I, I, I said, no, wait a minute. You're taking a month-long hiatus from me. What about your – because he's got, he's got these RPG uh, podcasts going right. now where he's doing these tabletop games and such. And uh, – I'm like, you better be taking um, a little vacation from them as well. And he assures me those are in the can. So, so Yeah, he probably uh, took a week off ahead of taking his vacation so he could get those all in the can, leaving <laughs> you just in the lurch. Yeah, yeah. In a month, he'll say, now I'm, now I'm really taking the vacation. Right. <laughs> what we should so have it's... done was found a way to get like on-location on reporting from him. Exactly. I want... I want pictures with newspapers, that day's newspaper, from all your locations to to prove where you are, sir. Right. Yeah, do not believe you. Now, it's been, I don't, has it been six months since you've been on? More? At least. At Maybe least. More? Maybe more it's, than that? It's still COVID time, right? So it could have been yesterday. It could have been 12 years ago. <laughs> it's true. That's true. <laughs> it's like... Sometime between 2020... <laughs> And now was the last time you were on, I'm pretty sure. Correct. Um, so how's how's things going? Give us a Cowabunga update. Um, what's happening up there in uh, Economowoc? And uh, tell us all about it. Oh, man. Where to start? Um, so I think the last time I was on, we had talked about kind of the hyperinflated market due to COVID mm -hmm. and how the store had been faring uh, throughout the shutdown. We had opened back up, if I'm remembering correctly, and we're kind of resuming standard hours. So in the time between then and now, 
uh, everything's continuing to go, I guess, business as usual. Um, the gaming side of things has started to come back. We have D and D and magic, the gathering going on. However, Pokemon USA, um, is not sanctioning any events. And if you are caught holding certain events, uh, you lose your, I guess your right to sell their product. Because so Pokemon is not happening. Yeah. There it's, I, I'm not hundred percent sure what their, uh, logic is behind it, but it, they said the calendar year of 2020. So we're assuming in 2023 that we'll be going back to, to normal um, gaming uh, operations for them. But that's kind of just a wait and see. Um, however, the other folks, Warhammer, um, they're all back. They're all doing well. And the pandemic, I think, was good in the gaming space because it kind of reinvigorated um, a little bit of that portion of the hobby. So we had kind of the true... You know, you got your Friday Night Magic guys. We had kind of the, the the true six or seven guys at the store that were doing Warhammer, which for the city that we're in, six or seven dedicated folks is actually pretty good. Um, but what the pandemic did, of course, is forced everybody, you know, to stay inside or home or whatever, or limit their exposure. So, you know, other hobbies were the norm. You know, table gaming came back, board gaming came back. And what we've got now is a group of roughly 20 Warhammer players uh, that are coming every Sunday. Uh, it's not uncommon for us to have up to six matches going at any given time or six games going at any given time, which is pretty cool for, that again, seems a smaller like, store. Yeah, that seems like a lot. Economy Walk's not it that is. big. No, it's, it's like 14,000 people. <laughs> That's um, amazing. Yeah, to have that level of dedication is pretty cool. Uh, Friday Night Magic has been going great. We've got three D&D campaigns going on right now. Um, and so to support really all the gaming and um, to support the growth in the mail order business, we actually ended up picking up a second building um, on the same piece of property that we have the first building on. And it functions as kind of a an auxiliary gaming space in one area and then our warehouse space on the backside. So I don't set much foot in the main store anymore. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much relegated to the warehouse and keeping things going there as, as much as we can, um, which is more than a full-time job given just given the state of the, the industry. So, um, but as far as business, uh, business is booming. Uh, we're continuing does, to do very well there. Does all Shows of the discount run out of the new, new, new um, space? Yes. Yep. Oh, all of okay. all of the mail order, all deep discount stuff goes out of the new space. Um, yeah. So we we kind of picked up and moved all of that operation over. So you have uh, like a fact, cowabunga too. We do. I mean, it's not. It, there's no sale operation out of it, and it's literally the building Yet. starts like 20 feet from where the other one ends. So <laughs> um, we share the same parking lot. Uh, but yeah. So so we've been doing really really good there. Um, and the shows are back. So James just came back from Fan Expo in Chicago. Um, and there's, you know, there's some big industry shifts between fan, uh, what was Wizard World last year was bought out by Fan Expo and was Fan Expo this year. Oh, okay. Um, just in one year, we've seen some very big shifts in the market and we have some pretty strong uh, feelings as to what's going to come for the next year, two, maybe even three, uh, just in the marketplace in general. So um, we can we can get into that too, I guess. But um, yeah, the the industry is is changing. 
we see it with distributors, uh, as you've noticed through the FOC and, and the, the order forms, um, you know, PRH is definitely becoming, Penguin Random House is becoming a bigger player in distribution now with getting IDW. And then you've got Lunar picking up folks like Scout, Vault, Oni. Um, there's a real concerted effort now by the new distributors to kind of assert some sort of dominance. And what it seems like is Lunar's content to be DC and the small publishers and Penguin Random House is going for, you know, those slightly larger publishers. So we, we've seen IDW, there's been scuttlebutt for over a year now that when Dark Horse's uh, distribution contract expires with Diamond, that they would be moving to Penguin. Um, the only one that we really hear that's kind of married to Diamond, so to speak, at this point is still Image. So we're not sure what's going on there, who's got pictures of what, but but even um, even when IDW left, mm-hmm. um, they're still they're they're wholesaling to Diamond, right? Or right. are they so, dual? Are they doing dual distributorship? No. So so Diamond has an agreement with Penguin Random House to get both Marvel and IDW products. So um, they're able to do it, but they have like little to no margin on it. Um, it's what I, yeah. What I don't understand is why. So that leaves only DC went the uh, Cold War deal and just said we're going to Lunar and you can't have our stuff anymore. Right. What? Right. So well, what happened there? I mean, why? Like every, even the people that leave and and it pisses Diamond off. You can see because IDW just gets kicked out of the the premier publisher area and relegated to back in the back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and obviously they're not they're not happy about it, but they still carry their product. They still carry Marvel product. So why don't why don't, why isn't there something with why can't they still carry DC product? I I think that has to do with how the agreements with Lunar and UCS were set up when that all happened initially. Yeah. And my assumption is it, it was probably something that Lunar was insistent on. Um, just to ensure that they they got the, the bulk of the profit off of the distribution of it. Because with Penguin Random House, comics are very, 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 very small drop in the bucket compared to what their actual portfolio of distribution looks like. Their, you know, their print material, their books, uh, it's, it's a global distribution network. Uh, and so to think that the American comic market is going to even, you know, make, make a, any sort of a difference in their worlds... Um, you know, it's more of a burden to them, I think, than anything else because they bought an entirely new warehouse for it. Their staff has to be trained differently. They have a different computerized system for it. So, uh, if anything, Penguin Random House took on more of a burden with comics. Um, but that does make it a little more likely that they're not only are they here to stay, but they're here to win kind of mentality. Mm, ah, I see, um, yeah. The difference between. Penguin Random House and Diamond, um, there, there's some big differences and some similarities. So similarities would be the scope of business. So Diamond has multiple warehouses, um, had invested some large money into their Olive Branch location. And Penguin Random House, multiple locations, invested big money into their, their facility um, and had the capital to do it, just like Diamond had the capital to do it. Lunar, starting a brand new business, there's some bigger challenges that they're overcoming 
But the difference is that Penguin Random House doesn't really want to find itself in a state of warehousing. So in the book market, you know, it's very common that books will get a printing, they'll sell through. They'll go back and get another printing, they'll sell through. And folks that, you know, collect books know where to look on the Indicia page for what printing it is. Um, but their their mentality is is, you know, order it bring it in, move it out. And of course the book model allows for returnability and other factors, which make it possible for book sellers to obtain more copies up front with less risk on the back end, uh, which clears out the warehouse quicker. Diamond is in a weird quagmire of a state because when the pandemic hit, um, Jeppy came on and was talking about how the next evolution for diamond was going to go beyond just distribution, but also be like, kind of a warehouse of older comics, older stock that if stores needed it, they'd be able to get it. And, and how that vision was going to play out, we heard a couple of different ideas, but Penguin has no desire to be out there trying to retain, you know, 50 years worth of comic inventory for us to order at a whim, you know, oh, one man. copy at a go. Can you right? imagine? That, oh my God. It would, it would be a nightmare for them to handle. So, so it's a different business model, but publishers don't, frankly, don't give a shit if, the distributor has, you know, 15 years of their back stock available. They simply don't care. Their job is to print it and get the paycheck from the distributor. So for many publishers, they really, honestly, it doesn't matter who services the contract as long as the books are gone. And in fact, they probably would prefer the penguin method to the diamond method because if there is extra stock in the diamond warehouse, they have to pay a fee to have that stock sit there. So if you're a publisher and the distributor says, here's the deal, we're going to order X percent over orders to cover for damages and shortages. We're going to blow this stuff out, get it out of here. As soon as it's gone, we don't want it back. We're not going to charge you anything to store it long. If it's there, you're going to have six months to blow it out. There isn't a Marvel product that's available in Penguin Random House that's more than three months old. It's gone. It's, it's gone. It doesn't exist. So I think we're going to see some adjustments, and I wouldn't be shocked if what we see in the next, you know, three to five years is a pivot, and you see Diamond become more of a my comic shop or a Mile High Comics sort of thing, but servicing comic stores where they're collecting in, you know, back issues through whatever kind of means they're going to do it, and they're a hub for that. Maybe they end up buying out the excess stock of Penguin when a certain date has hit or from Lunar. Um, and we see Lunar and Penguin really being the, the juggernauts of distribution. Well, I, I always got the sense that Lunar was just doing DC a favor. Like they had no desire to be a distributor and they could barely do a mail order. And for them to take that on, it felt like they were like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll try it. And for them to have won out over UCS was a surprise to me. And the fact that it's still hap still going on surprises me. And the fact that they have a very robust website that is well-maintained, <laughs> it, it surprises me. So I, I, I have been shocked at Lunar's success and the fact that they continue to add new publishers to their, to their stable. Um, so, yeah, they, they have surprised me at every turn because it just felt like they were just, okay, DC, we'll, we'll try it. We'll, we'll give it a shot. We don't know how to do this, but okay. And 
they've succeeded in spite of that. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely the first, I think it was a 6, 8, 10, 12, something like that month contract was was really a we'll we'll give it a shot and we'll see what happens um (laughs) it's just so funny that i don't know who pissed in the cheerios but for dc just to say and we're not using diamond anymore uh and then couldn't find a a distributor to actually do the work for them and had to go and create two was was kind of odd right Um, i think there was a significant amount of people that at least at the time that there were two distributors preferred UCS. Um, but my understanding from talking to someone who used to work uh, for Midtown and UCS was that it was one of those things where they liked doing it and they certainly took pride in what they were doing and they had a robust customer base. But the difference being labor is a lot cheaper and property is a lot cheaper in Fort Wayne, Indiana than it is in midtown Manhattan. Yeah. Um, and so just the the pure scope and volume of warehousing, what they felt was respectful to comic stores and, and necessary um, from a backstock perspective, it just wasn't feasible for, for UCS from a cost perspective to do it. So – you know, it was one of those things where a lot of us kind of lamented the, the loss of them. Um, there's some unknowns out there. Like, we don't know what kind of financial support Lunar received out of the gates from D.C. and, and maybe continues to receive. Um, it, it is for sure that once uh, once they found out they were the only gig in town, they kind of doubled down and went all in on it, um, which is fine. That's That's certainly their well within their rights and their wheelhouse to do. Um, there are some limitations and frustrations with their website, but there are some limitations and frustrations with the Penguin Ram site, right, uh, website. So, you know, there's no perfect world. Um, hell, there's limitations and frustrations with Diamond's website. Right, um, exactly, you know, yeah. So it's one of those things where it's kind of six of one, half a dozen to the other. Um, but yeah, the industry is really in a changing spot from a distribution perspective. Uh Consistency of product is has never been lower. Um, just random, stupid things happening. Um, in the month of June, three out of four weeks, uh, I was missing a, an entire box of 400 comics from Diamond. Just never even had a label printed. Didn't get sent to us. Um, so that has happened with Lunar. We will get on uh on thursday we will get the next week's comics and then on friday we'll get the week after that's comics kind of like okay all right um and then we'll go (laughs) 13 days without getting anything like well okay um penguin still has its issues with boxes and securing the product um i thought they do our best well kind of but kind of not uh, you know, we do our best, and nothing's coming in great condition from any of the publishers, uh, from any of the distributors. There was an entire six weeks of bad printing from Marvel's printer in Canada. They were oversaturating with ink and causing all the pages to be rippled. Um, Lunar, DC, whoever it is, has this proclivity for this is the C cover on every order form, but when you get it, it's actually the E cover. 
changing UPCs and barcodes. I mean, it's just, it's cowboy country, anything goes and it's just a try and make shit work when you get it kind of thing. Wow. But you know what? It is what it is. Um, you know, and I, like I always tell my guys and, and I try and tell folks when they, you know, email or, or message with, uh, with issues, it's, you know, my, I'm doing my best. My job is to try and take all the frustration away from you guys. However, sometimes we're just limited in what we can do and how quickly we can do it. Um, reorders take used to take about a week to get damaged or uh, shorted items replaced. It <laughs> supposed to take no more than two weeks. Um, I got a box last week from Diamond that had 11 weeks of damages sporadically within it. So there's no rhyme or reason. There's no synchronicity with anything. It it literally is cowboy country. <laughs> that's got yeah. That that's got to be a hassle. I know. I know it, some guys that get weekly easy. shipments. Since I get a monthly <laughs> shipment, I don't feel the pain as much as other people do. But I know some of the guys that get the weekly shipment from you. They're like, man, I didn't get any. They didn't get any Marvel this week, or they didn't get any yep. DC this week, you know? And it's just like, well, if you only get it once a month, you don't have to, it, it, that stuff evens out. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Well, then you get stuff like uh, Lunar DC. It's not Lunar. I shouldn't say Lunar. It's DC. Um, you know, like, they now all of a sudden, like, observe certain holidays. Like, they are the most sacred moment ever, and... You know, God forbid there be an FOC within three days of it, or that that a product may drop on that day. Like it's, just, but like yeah. normal days where you'd think you'd avoid it, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, I don't know, who cares? Let yeah. You know, it's just like okay, it, it is can weird. We get that's, some consistency here. Like that, that's definitely a new thing. Um, I've yeah. noticed that they just take the whole FOC off now. Yeah, they just don't, yeah, don't want to deal with it. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, that's new. It's fun times, man. Fun times. But, yeah, but like you said, there is no consistency. You know, right. The only thing that's consistent is a lack of consistency. Yes. So, exactly. how about the market on the whole? Should we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we saw um, ICV 2s big report that just showed just crushing numbers. Um, of, was it the first two billion dollar year? Was that the number I saw? Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, I mean, just a massive, massive amount of growth everywhere, everywhere. Direct market, bookstores, digital, Kickstarters, everything's up, up, up. And that's what is that what you're hearing, seeing on the ground? Um, so, uh, yes, but I think it's really important to um, it's important to, to to qualify that and understand it. So, yes. Everything is up, but um, remember, it's a lagging report, a lagging indicator that that these numbers were compiled with. Yep, that's true. And it does not predict future success. And it, yeah, it doesn't. Um, nothing in 2022. That's just a 2021 metric that they're correct. discussing. Yeah. And 2021 was the strongest year of comic sales that any of us have ever witnessed um, store owners. We've all talked con dealers. We've all talked 2021 beat everything else. 
but there were some very significant reasons why. And for those astute uh, comic investors who watch the market at a larger scale and monitor certain things over time, they're seeing that some of those books that skyrocketed to high prices beyond just your normal, you know, flare up for the week or two or three weeks. Um, some of those, you know, blue chip books that really jumped up are starting to come down a little bit. Um, Fan Expo this year versus the same show called Wizard World last year in Chicago. Uh, we we did very well again, but about 30% less than what we did. Many of the larger dealers that came to Wizard World said that this is they, they were bringing the best con stock they've had in over a decade. And we're saying that they, they had bad shows, terrible shows. Um, in fact, one guy said he had more people coming to sell him books than to buy books. And that is a market trend that we expect over the next oh, year yeah. to three to five years is we had, you know, we rode high on, on this COVID dollar where entertainment was limited, right? Concerts weren't happening. Movie theaters really weren't putting out much. Uh, and you couldn't really spend your money in other ways. Plus, there was the stimulus money that was coming in and carried on for certain folks longer than others in other areas. And what you saw was just this this glut of money entering the market to buy like never before. And when when you've got money that people normally wouldn't have because they would have spent it on other forms of entertainment, and then additional free money on top of that that they would have never seen in their life, what do they care if they have to pay an extra $200 for something? It's free money. It's, you know, they're getting something cool out of free money. But unfortunately, it all comes home to roost. And now what we're starting to see is that with kind of the the funds stopping, we're seeing, um, you know, the screws being tightened a little bit. You know, I don't know what it's like in Ohio, but up in Wisconsin, if you want a job, um, it shouldn't take you more than 10 minutes to get one. And we're starting to see that, you know, the, the free handouts are, are not exactly what they were before. There's a lot more strings attached. People having to go back to work or making cuts at home. Um, so we're starting to see more collections come in. We're starting to see people call us and say, hey, you know, I acquired all this stuff and I just need to get rid of it. Um, so I think we're going to be kind of we've hit that apex and now we're starting to come back down. And um, unfortunately, the publishers you know, they take their data from the past and adjust to it. So we're getting, you know, more 499 comics than ever before. We're getting new books coming out like crazy. And I can tell you from the ordering numbers that I'm getting that we still have strong orders, but they're certainly nothing like what they were last year. Right. Um, so, so it's one of those things where it's going to be interesting to watch the market. Uh, you, you know, your blue chip comics are still going to be your blue chip comics. You know, the Amazing Fantasy 15s, um, they're not really going down at all. Your Fantastic Four, 48, 49, 50, not going down. Um, ASM 1, none of that stuff's dropping. So what, what we're seeing in general is that kind of the mid-tier books, there's a little bit of a price correction, not too drastic. Um, and then with the modern books, you know, the keys still hold their value. Your Walking Deads, uh, your Batman Animated 12s, um, you know, those keys are definitely still holding value strong. But 
we're starting to see some slip on some of the things that were doing traditionally very well sustained. So like something is killing the children, some of those earlier prints, those earlier issues. Now they're starting to drop a little bit. Um, part of that also is that the TV show or, or movie, whatever it was that was promised hasn't come out yet. Um, so there could be just a little bit of a lack of interest in it. But, you know, for a couple of years, those things were riding really high. You, you had a, a nine, eight, you know, somebody's killing the children of the correct printing and you were looking at almost a printing press of money. Um, so we're just kind of seeing that. And the other thing that we're starting to see is that um, for those out there who are, you know, DC collectors, um, I think coming up is going to be the time to be buying some DC keys because the, they, they, as a publisher, uh, are waning there there's not a whole lot of buzz about a lot of stuff they're doing and as a result their back catalog of books are starting to go down a little bit and become a little bit more affordable so for those out there that are you know looking for some of those kind of mid-level key issues from maybe the last from the bronze age even some of the silver age stuff um you know keep a keen eye on it now is probably going to be a time to start watching prices and and maybe pick up a book in a grade or two higher than you had thought you had planned to purchase one in. Uh, because, like I said, the interest in D.C. is a little bit down right now. And that's driving back issue prices down a bit. So, you're, like, you're not talking about, like, the blue chips because nobody can really afford those. But you're talking about something like, a, you know, First Nightwing, maybe something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Stuff like that. Even things like First Rachel Ghoul, um, yeah, First Scarecrow, some of those kind of books. Um, right on that cusp of of kind of the, I would call them the upper end of the key, um, but not the premier key books. You know, like not your, you know, your Detective Thirty Eight First Robin. You know, you're not gonna. Yeah, those aren't really going anywhere. But some of the, the triple villains, digits, not four digit books, right? Right, right, yeah. right. Right. And even some of those four digit books may come down a little bit. It's when you get to the five, six and seven digit books that those aren't going anywhere. Now, you, you've done an excellent job historically since you took over the store in managing ratio variants all the way up to one in one thousands, um, you know, it, being able to leverage collectors that want those and pre pre-sell those so that you could bring those into the store um time and time again to just an impressive level uh is is that is that market still there are people still crazy for ratio variants one in one in whatever's really depends on the subject matter and the artist now uh and that's another one of the struggle points that dc has um more recently, their ratio variants have underwhelmed. Um, there are the Harley Quinn 30th anniversary has a one in 100 Adam Hughes foil and a one in 50 Archer foil. Um, those are getting huge amounts of interest right now, but it's a $10 book. So you're looking at a three or $400 one in 100 ratio. Um, you know, so that's, it's a pretty price to get in. Um, Marvel on the other hand tends to do a little bit better job with their ratios as far as their artists. They, they go with a little more tried and true. 
um, artists that have kind of cut their teeth on, and, and we've seen good order, good strong orders from open to order ratios before they're moved into the, the variant, the higher ratio variant game. Um, we do see it. We're not seeing it quite as much. They also haven't been doing like the one in one thousands, one in one two thousands as frequently as they were. Um, but yeah, really, it, it really depends on subject matter and artists. Um, so some of the ones that I know that we had done were the, the ASM 800, which had Delato, Art Germ, uh, Inhyuk Lee, um, had some great covers on it. We did the Moon Knight that had a one in 1000. Um, there's a Cap and an Avengers that both had one in 1000s. So we, we kind of, there's a couple we sat out. There was plenty that we got in on. And um, the market is still there if the artist is of quality, um, because the higher the ratio, the more limited the book. And we have a couple collectors who like that scarcity. But again, it has to be a quality artist. Now, um, another thing that was uh, pretty impressive was the the sheer volume of of Cowabunga exclusive covers that you were doing. Um, <laughs> do you continue to churn these out at shop.cowabunga.com? Yeah, so we have, um, let's see. We have slowed down a little bit for a couple of reasons. Um, most predominantly because there haven't been titles coming out that have really excited us to want to do an exclusive. Um, and we had some very uh, fortuitous opportunities with artists. You know, when Jenny Frizen becomes available, we're not going to say no. Yeah. Right. When Ashley Witter becomes available, we're not going to say no. Um, when Adam Hughes has an opportunity for you to do a version of one of the covers that he's doing, you don't say no. Um, so there were certain things where for us it was a no-brainer. Um, there were certainly some pet projects along the way uh, we have – we actually have two more exclusives that are coming out that are, um, we'll tease it a little bit. So for those who follow our exclusives and saw that we did a facsimile reprint, I will just say that there will be maybe one or two more of those coming out very, very soon. Oh, okay. So we've done very well with those um, very targeted books. I mean, we're, so there's there's other stores out there that are really into the variant game, you know, Scorpion, Comics Elite. There's a lot of those guys that um, they just pump them out, pump them, pump them, pump them out, and and that's great if that's what they want to do. Um, but for us, there's a real there's a reason behind it. Um, there's there's everything from the content to the artist to kind of the co cohesiveness of what we've got going on. And for those that have been to our store. Um, they know that, you know, we're, we're more than just comics. We have, you know, all sorts of gaming, video games, you name it. Um, but one of the things that we specialize in, in our area is more of the horror genre stuff. Now it's our whole store isn't, you know, a horror store, but we carry a significant amount of books and statues and, you know, figures from the horror genre and that really lent well to a lot of the stuff that we did with Valiant around Shadow Man. Um, Colin Bunn doing a very horror take on the character and the world fit nicely into everything else we were doing with some really amazing art by Jenny. Uh, it just couldn't have worked out better. And then coming out of that first Shadow Man run, uh, we had an opportunity to do something completely 
cool. It was a pure indulgence for me, and that was our Andy Tom um, exclusive, which is the Shadow Man with Punk Mambo on the cover um, as an homage to the Catwoman 55 by Adam Hughes, the, where she's holding up the, the prison placard. And um, it was a pure indulgence. I've, I've always wanted to see a, an homage done with class. There is a, a Harley Quinn homage that um, I would n- not hang up in my house. <laughs> um, huh. The art is wonderfully done, but it's a little racy for me even. Um, and Andy was willing to take on the challenge. And um, not only did he do an amazing job of it. Um, he actually built in some really cool little twists. So he actually used um, photos of my wife to kind of be the the body image for Punk, um, ah. which was really cool. So he had her put on like a jacket and, you know, asked for certain head poses that I took pictures of her in, um, which was really cool. The placard, if uh, you look at the number on it, it's not a prison number. It's actually our phone number. And we actually have had people call and go, huh, I didn't realize that was a phone number, but I thought I tried. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so, Like the yeah. Catwoman that I called and got James. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fun stuff. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so we do have a couple more coming out. Uh, however, that's another one of those things in the industry. The exclusive market is really starting to slow down. Uh, and I think it's because of oversaturation. When we got into it, there was a decent amount of people doing it, but we were still, we still felt like we could stick out a little bit. We were doing, you know, individual things um, with quality artists that even if maybe the title of the book wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't Batman or Detective Comics or Spider-Man, um, the artist's name carried the weight. And really, you know, that was what we were going for was kind of the boutique piece by the artist. And with the the saturation of the market, a lot of people getting into it, um, and frankly, with production ramping up at the publishers, artist time and availability is is lower. And when we do an exclusive, we don't ever want them to be um, rush jobs. Like there's artists out there that can pound out a cover in a day, but eh, do you really want that? You know that rush feeling. Um, like our Jenny covers take anywhere from four to six weeks of her, you know, kind of in and out as she's thinking about it, stepping away, coming back, um, asking for our thoughts. If we have any, um, we generally for her don't, there's no thought, just do what you want. Um, you know, like when Ashley Witter was working on our covers, um, one of them, the, the Mina cover, the first appearance of Mina, which is just an absolutely beautiful image. I want it. I want it poster size. It's so cool. Um, she ended up sketching out three different figures, um, you know, three different style poses for us and talked about what each one was. And so like that was again, eight to 10 weeks of, of back and forth. And, you know, we, we, we much prefer that, um, you know, as opposed to like with Bob Layton, he, there was a lot of emails back and forth with me on exactly how I wanted the cover to look because I had an image in my mind and I wanted to homage one of his other pieces without being too, too homage. I didn't want it to recreate it, but make it close. And, um, you know, we had multiple weeks of that and, and there's, there's something about it that makes it a lot more comfortable when you're not trying to rush through it. So with artist time being short with the saturation uh, we just kind of are taking a step back for the moment to say, you know, what, let's let the, the market kind of figure itself out 
And if and if a right opportunity creeps up, we're not going to say no to it. Um, but don't expect to see you know two or three a month coming out of us. Yeah, you a couple of times you did you did some crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, now uh, deep discount, um, my beloved LCS. Uh, how, does it continue to be going strong? Um, any kind of any kind of market adjustments there? How, how are you feeling about about that business and um, and going forward? Yeah, so continues to go strong. Um, it, it's a it's an overwhelming amount of work in the best way possible. It, it, it's something that uh, I if I have spare time, you know, in between work and working out and swim practice for my daughter and you know family dinner and everything like that any free time is pretty much taken up by trying to keep up in advance with it um you know we've talked in the past about a website and uh we're we're close um we're we're close i'm not going to put a timeline on it but um there's a demo site that that i've got some people hammering on working on it um playing around with it and trying it so I cannot wait for that to show up. That will free up a lot of my time from busy work and allow me to get back to what I really enjoy, which is kind of more of the interacting with, uh, with our customers and the publishers and, um, you know, getting, getting just more at the industry level, as opposed to kind of the day in day out minutia, and, uh, generating invoices and clicking here and clicking there. And I, I swear <laughs> to God, I could, I could teach a Microsoft uh, Excel certification class at this point with everything I have to do, but um, <laughs> I, I do have to, to call out a few things that I think it's important to know. And, and that is number one, um, you know, without support of folks like you guys, you and Kyle uh, continuing to advocate for us and, um, you know, be there to, if someone has a question or is like, you know, my LCS doesn't have this, you guys are, Johnny on the spot to say, Hey, check with Eric, you know, he may not have it, but he's, he'll, he'll let you know if he's got it. Um, you know, that, that really has been a, an instrumental piece in this. And, uh, I can't, I can't go without thanking John Mayo as well, um, for all of his help with developing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. The order form that gets generated is it's all code that he wrote that, that does that. I work with him on the requirements and the changes. And let me tell you with the new distributors, and the changing games and rules that are happening, um, he's uh, he stays on his toes and he's right there with me. And um, you know, it's, it's it takes people like you guys that uh, really care about it to help, and and it doesn't go unnoticed. And I just love to be able to call it out and say thank you because um, you know the business has been successful, and and sure we've put in a lot of hard work, but um, you know it really would have been for naught if not for you guys. Um, championing the cause and helping out and uh, you know even you coming up and doing your uh, your recording um, when we were at the old location you know popping up for our world's smallest comic con and, and hanging out <laughs> in the blustery great, yeah. uh, beautiful autumn that was a little <laughs> cold for you uh, you know it's things like that that really do help um, and it's special right it, it it connects us at a deeper level and that's what we really endeavor to be we're not just a nameless faceless LCS um, I can proudly say that over half of the customers that I have from mail order, I know more than one or two facts about them in their life as I've gotten to 
uh, communicate with them and know them. And, and that's special. That really is. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah, there's, there's, there's a, there's a tight knit group of us that are all, all, um, deep discounters, man. And, uh, will will be for life so hope hope you still enjoy doing it <laughs> well into your into your 80s <laughs> <laughs> and 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 if not me i will make sure that the operation is set up to succeed far into the future with whoever runs it but yes as of right now i don't plan on going anywhere and i do still enjoy it uh, uh eric helwig bought 2000 <laughs> i can pack boxes <laughs> yeah if i could only clone myself <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be great yeah, maybe yeah. not great for my wife, but great for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see, anything else we we need to touch on before we get into some of the hot comics going on in the world? I don't know. Everyone who uh, joined for um, fun and profit is probably going okay. Uh, do they actually <laughs> talk about fun and profit here? Hey, man, it, the industries I find it endlessly end, endlessly fascinating, and to be able to have somebody that's actually got a diamond account. Um, got a lunar account, got a penguin account, running a shop, spun off a second business. Uh, it's pretty cool opportunity to be able to to look peek behind the curtain and uh, get a glimpse into what it's really like. Because you know, otherwise it's we're just spitting in the wind with our our suppositions and our opinions. But we don't really have the knowledge that you have. So um, it's I think it's endlessly valuable. And if it's just a podcast for me, that's okay. It's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's your hill, it's your beans. Exactly. Um, so yeah, yeah, I I, I, lo- I love this sort of stuff. Um, wish we oh. were getting more numbers we could talk about. You know, I'd love to be able to get sales numbers on a regular basis, but that's yeah. so fractured now and unreliable. Yeah. I don't I don't really trust any of them anymore. No, and and Disney doesn't allow anything out of the vault, so don't really count on getting Marvel numbers ever. Um, yeah, but I will say this: we should we should note this. While Kyle is out on walkabout, I will be back on in two weeks, I believe. Yes. So, fair game. If anyone has questions for me in a couple weeks, get them to Drew. Yep, you can get them to us on um, our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, emails, the best, comics for fun and profit at gmail.com. Make sure that I actually um, see it before the show starts <laughs> and don't <laughs> overlook it, which I often do. And um, that, that'd be the best way to do it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we, we'd love, we'll, we, we will share those with you um, as long as they're not too, too um, proprietary. I'm sure Eric will will draw a line where he has to. <laughs> we we try not to. Yeah, if you want to know like exactly what our sales were last year, we probably won't tell you that. But um, but yeah, no. If there's questions that people have, uh, let's take the opportunity. We've got a couple of weeks heads up that folks can uh, get them in. And uh, and of course, if there's questions at any time, even if uh, I'm not slated to be guest or co-hosting. Um, there's no reason why I can't pop on here and there for updates yeah, and, and to answer sure. questions. Yeah. I would always be glad to forward you questions. I do it all the time anyway on my own behalf. <laughs> Our LCS is Cowabunga Comics out of Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. And their mail order company, Deep Discount 
Comics. Um, and we went there, and, and we were actually invoice number 0001. We are the we were the very first <laughs> their very first customer, um, which was kind of cool. They've been nothing short of fantastic customer service wise. Discounts they were very close, if not the same or better than DCBS on a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. Over and above uh, customer service wise, always taking care of us, going the extra mile, so responsive, getting instantaneous. Uh, responses back to uh, questions about things and to the point where knowing the stuff you like and anticipating your needs and having it suggested to, that you might want to add this to your order already uh, before you even have to think about about it that's kind of cool really quality experience so we, we love working with Cowabunga and Deep Discount and that's why they're in our show notes every single episode and have been for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes mm-hmm. that we leave them there because we like them. They're cool, good people. That's why they're in there. By God, they'd tell you to, if you've got a local comic book shop that you love, stay with them because every, everybody needs to support their local comic shops. But if you're looking, check them out. You can check them out in, in the show notes. There's plenty of ways to get a hold of them. Either get on their list just so you can check and see what kind of FOC and pre-order stuff they have and the discounts and they'll send it to you um, each month get you on that email list and you can check out their shop because they have a great shop of exclusive cowabunga mm-hmm. variants amazing stuff yes they've always been there for us and we take them for granted so there you go now you now you know uh, let's slide over to comic book invest and let take a look at their hot tin um, would you like to do the rundown, Eric, as the guest host, or would you like me to take that? It's up to you. Um, I can run down this. Do you want me to go from 10 to 1 or from 1 to 10? I like to go from 1 to 10 because I have a All question right. about the first one right off the bat, and i got to get it off my chest. <laughs> All right. So the number one hottest book is not just a book. It's any 80s, 90s, and 2000s newsstand variants. Um. And, you know, it's interesting. We were talking about uh, kind of my feel of the state of the um, state of the industry. The first sentence here, there's such a downward trend on so many books, which is what we're seeing. I think it's exceptionally noteworthy that what's going on in the newsstand world, even non-key newsies from the late 90s, early 2000s are doing exceptionally well in the secondary market. While this is a very wide range, there really isn't a single book this week that stands out as an absolute winner. So here we go, bring on the hate. Um, yeah, so the newsstand variants were significantly underprinted in, in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s and don't exist anymore today um, because newsstands don't exist. So even more so than just the rarity of the print is, the the in many cases, the condition. Um, books that went to a direct market store were generally... Treated with a little more care yeah. because yeah. they were being sold to collectors, whereas the newsstand was just in a you know twined up bale that got tossed on the curb and then put in the rack or whatever. Um, so finding them in in a high grade um, can be tough. Uh, there's certain books, you know, your your certain flagship books that are going to have you know decent print runs either way, whether it's newsstand or direct. And then there's some that very little newsstand print run because the they were kind of a pocket book. Maybe it was towards the end of the run, things like that. So, so yeah, um, we're seeing that as well. Newsstand stuff definitely does well. So if we're, we're looking through our boxes of our collections, um, 
Joe collector at home. And we, we just need to flip through. Probably Big Two would be the most sought after. So Big Two books, superhero, popular superhero books with barcodes. And that's all we that's all we need to look for. 80s and 90s and 2000s. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what you're going to jive with. But, um, you know, I think it's important to, to note that, of course, like everything, the uh, the key is going to be the content and and then scarcity. So, yeah. So, and, yeah, you're going to have and if you don't if you see a barcode with a line through it. That's a direct edition, not not a newsstand uh, in many cases. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so, just a a usable barcode denotes newsstand, and it, big two popular popular titles: your your Spideys, your Batman, etc. Yeah, X, um, X books. Yeah, there's some. There's some really good stuff, some good blog posts out there um, about, you know, investing in direct versus newsstand comics, um, identifying quality ones. And, you know, honestly, one of the easiest things to do is just go to eBay, search for newsstand, and then go to sold listings and just see what bubbles up. Um, You know, we had, was it three, four years ago, we had the real big flare up of DC Universe um, DC books, the ones that had the DC universe logo where the barcode would be. Yeah. It was just, those yeah. just shot up. Um, so this I don't is get that either. That same vein. Cr- it's crazy. Why, why are those hot? Uh, explain that to just, me. Just a smaller print run, harder to get. And they were mostly in multi-packs. So the condition on them again, also usually not as good. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. All right. Ask and answer. Thank you. You are very welcome. Um, next up is Batman 125, Alex Ross, San Diego Comic-Con variant. Gorgeous. Just, yep. One of those SDCC variants. Um, it, it's, which is interesting, you know, boy, we could talk about San Diego, couldn't we? Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on there that's not going on now. A lot of publishers have pulled out. A lot of, uh, exhibitors have pulled out. Um. Yeah. Was Oni, Oni canceled, right? Dark Horse canceled. Yeah. Um, I know Graffiti backed out. Uh, a lot of the big con dealers have backed out. Did Mile Many... High? Because he, he's been talking about it for years, not going. Yeah, I think he might have backed out. Yeah. And then I know like a lot of the toy companies have backed out. Um, Mattel's not there. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely a thing. All right. Number three, Man Goat and Bunny Man, Green Eggs and Blam, one in ten variant. Doctor Seuss still hot, I guess, huh? Eighty to a hundred bucks for one of these one in tens. Yeah, if, I, I thought that was yeah. gorgeous when I saw it, but I was like, oh, that's a played out parody homage, so that's not going to do anything. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Swing and and I, miss. I'm, I'm happy. I can't remember how long ago it was, but there was a. It was a book from, um, shoot, why, why am I blanking on it? Uh, the whole, the group that does Bell, Robin Hood, uh, Zenoscope. Yeah. Wow. Whew, it's late. It's, it's this um, this, this a same book. one. Yeah. Yeah. That did, yeah, it's right. Duh. Look at it. 
um, that had, uh, it was a picture of a girl on the front, um, kind of like behind a mushroom or something. It was, it was an Alice in Wonderland type cover and it was done by Ula Moss. And I was like, I think she's going to be a great artist to watch. And, uh, I'm just happy because, um, even though Al Berrio Nuevo did the, the line work, Ula Moss did the coloring on this cover. So yeah, I'll take that as a small feather in my hat. Like that, um, uh, Gorkin Demir guy that that did a bunch of your exclusives. Yep, Gorkin Demir. Yep, uh, his stuff's pretty sweet too. I like it. I'm gonna keep my eye out for some of that too. Yeah, and he. What's cool about him is his. He can kind of do a lot of different styles. Um, it's impressive. He's a very yeah. very impressive artist. Uh, all right, next up, number four, Betty and Veronica, friends forever, summer surf party number one. Missed this New entirely. New appearances. Yeah, new characters that uh, yeah, I t- I totally just dis- I didn't. This would not have been on my radar radar at all. Yep. Um, next up, number five, GI Joe two ninety five, John Royal one at ten. Uh, this is something we've been seeing for a while, or not a while, but you know, recently these um, these one in tens by John Royal are doing well. Um, you can definitely, as they're saying here, you can see the J. Scott Campbell influence um, for sure. But yeah, they're they're doing really well, uh, and this one is now two ninety five. One in ten is a fifty dollars book. The one that we can't figure out is Eight Billion Genies. Um, uh, we don't know. We don't know what's going on. It's an image book. Um, it's really it's been, good. It's a it's really been, great concept, and it got optioned already. So I, I think there's a lot of excitement behind it. We get that. But there are like bazillions of these out there. This is not an underordered book, right? So this well, one but that's the baffled. same. That's the same thing for something that's killing the children in Department of Truth. There were tons of those. Not something that's killing the children. The first five to six issues of that were not very high ordered compared to Department of Truth, which came after. Yeah. Um, and this one, and and part of that's because um, somebody's killing children, was is a boom book, and eight billion genies and Department of Truth are image books, and image yeah, just yeah. automatically has the clout, and people look for the image section. People don't always look for the boom section, so I hear it, but very different. So we're in, we're going to be interested to watch how this one goes. And we also had the like Noctera and Geiger. They those both had their big spikes too. Yep. Um, and they they sold way more than eight billion genies. I think the one that well, the one that were I guess long play a little bit more uh, at the store. Anyways, for a long play, a little bit more um, interested in is watching Twig. Um, yeah, by Scotty yeah. Young. Yeah, Kyle is on that one. Number seven, The Mandalorian, number one. Um, well, the A cover's doing well, 5 to $10. It's a $5 book, so I don't know what that's all about. There's just a <laughs> lot of copies of this. Yeah. Uh, but there's an Adi Granov virgin um, from San Diego, and uh, the David Aja 1 in 25 is pretty cool, that's for sure. But this was this the. One, this one was last, last two weeks ago, whatever the FOC was on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe no, it might have been sneak peek. It might have been sneak peek. Uh, Kyle and I both picked it, just different covers. <laughs> so I picked the um, the movie cover, the TV. Yeah, the, the TV, one in, the, that was the one in ten, I think. No, it wasn't at the time. It was independent. Oh no, no, 
yeah, that's right. You yeah, you got the yeah the Mandalorian it, TV show yeah, picture it, right. It, Kyle did the action figure. Um, so because we're not allowed to pick the ratios as well, that's a self-imposed rule. Yeah, I yes. tend to break that rule. Yes, that's true. Guess guess sometimes for two. <laughs> they don't have to play by my rules. Just my brother right. does. <laughs> so uh, it's good to see that this has actually got some heat, a little bit anyway. So we'll see what those those do in the coming weeks. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, it, it was a very strong showing for a very strong, you know, pocket of the, the universe. The Mandalorian TV show, The Book of Fett, um, you know, that's probably the best Star Wars stuff that's come out recently. You know, I think unified a lot of fans. There's some good division in the movies. Who liked what? But I think universally people love The Mandalorian. Yes. And I was a big fan of Obi-Wan, but Kyle was giving me crap about it. I I don't think he liked it as much as I did. Maybe that's why he's on Walkabout. Yeah. The shame. For the shame for not loving Obi-Wan. Yeah. Uh, Number eight, Avengers 56, John Tyler Christopher. Um yeah, so any of these seem to be selling in the forty to sixty dollar range. Um, we've had people calling for them and sold out. We only had a couple of them, I think, show up, so they sold out pretty quick. Um, and it's Marvel, so damages happen with Penguin. Yeah, Makes I didn't like this one. It looked like she had she had an extra finger on her other hand. So I I was like, ah, oh, this is dumb. I'm, this is not that great, and I was wrong again. I can't. <laughs> uh, number nine, Wolverine. Number eight from 2013, the one in 30 variant. Yeah, back when we used to play those games, odd numbers. Um, there are some, several of these 8-bit weight incentive variants out there. None of them are all that easy to find. Um, I'd be picking them up if you see them on the cheap. Uh, yeah, just, uh, again, scarce printing and... You know, the one in eight kind of eight bit rate or one eight one in thirty eight bit ratio. There's a couple other eight bit ratios and uh, those tend to do really well, not necessarily eighty bucks at least at the time, but generally in that fifteen to twenty five dollar range. Yeah, I was a fan of them when they were independently orderable and I could pick the games that I remember playing, the mm-hmm. homages. Like I don't know what game this is. I can't even tell. So I I wouldn't pick this up. I wouldn't want this one. But like when they're when they're doing like a Mega Man or or um, a Metroid homage or something that I re- recognize, that's when that gets me excited. And yeah. I think I did do ratios. I actually did do some of those ratios, like the one in ten versions. What's uh, yeah? What's really interesting? Well, okay, let's do the last one. Then we'll do the honorable mentions, and then we'll do Eric's honorable mentions. <laughs> um, <laughs> number ten. What if Siege number one? Um, this is by uh, Dave Wilkins and Dale Eaglesham uh, doing the art with Guggenheim and Stan Lee as the writers. Uh, it's a Doom cover. Doom is hot. People love the char- character, love the look. Uh, so Doom is a driver. Yeah. Wh- what's that about? Well, um, he's showing up in a lot more uh, central figure now in a lot of the some of the fringe Marvel books that are out there. He had a series that ended not that long ago, and uh, I think there's a big play for him to be a major part of the the Marvel Universe coming up. So you think, so it's going to be MCU or Disney Plus? I'm I'm thinking MCU, uh, but 
either one are options. Yeah, we can get maybe we can get a Fantastic Four reboot for the twentieth time. <laughs> well, hey, how many times have we retold Batman's origin? Yeah, or did um, you know Spidey? that his parents yeah. were shot in an alley? Yeah, there's some pearls yeah. that need to be clutched and fall on the ground. And his mother's name is Martha too. Yeah, crazy. Anyways, um, honorable mentions: Marvel Voices, uh, Communidad's number one, the Perez one in fifty. Um, yeah, yeah. George I didn't Perez. know that existed. I didn't know that existed, but uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, George Perez. That was rough for me. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, yeah. He's great. He's great. Wonderful man too. Met him a couple of times. He's really cool. Yeah, a uh, special moment from one of your key contributors, Jason. Um, when George was at the yeah, was the amazing Hawaii Comic Con. Yeah, he did the, he did the VIP before. package. He did he did the VIP yep. package where he got to get have dinner with him, I think. And then he, um, he had said something about you know, me and, and, and my love for Nightwing, his original design and, and just George's work. And George had asked if I was there and Jason's like, no, he lives in Wisconsin. And, um, George actually did a little audio recording on Jason's phone that Jason texted to me. And, uh, Oh, how nice. I have that, um, still. And, um, when George made it to Chicago a couple years later, I stood in line and waited and had some things signed. And I said, you know, you're not going to remember this, but you did an audio recording um, in Hawaii on a friend of mine's phone that he sent to me. He's like, you're Eric. He's like, <laughs> I didn't tell him who I was. Like two years <laughs> later, he remembered who I was. And, you know, it was just, I'm so glad that we got to meet and gave me, stood up and gave me a hug. And, you know, it's yeah. just like, so just special, special guy. Yeah. I remember like it was like 2019 or something. So it was pre-COVID and, you know, hearty handshakes and hugs. And I was like, this is amazing. Wow. He's a legend. Yeah. And yeah, just gave it all back to the people. It was what it was Mm -hmm. for. So, yep. Yep. He did. Um, then our other, um, our other honorable mention is the beyond 25, this book is from 1954 by Ace Magazine. 36 beautiful pages, 10%, uh, 10%, 10 cent cover price, and a CGC 6.5 just went for 10 grand. Do um, you have this? Have you had this in Calabunga? Oh, at least eight or 10 copies. Wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. That's uh, one thing that we do have coming through um, is pre code horror, which is definitely hot. Right now, in fact, we have um, a nice little collection of Golden Age Wiz comics with Captain Marvel. We have first appearance of Captain Marvel Jr. Um, so, yeah, we, we get some pre-code horror. We get Golden Age. It's all good. I think th- you've got you've had double-digit amazing Fantasy 15s. Come no no AF-15s. We've had a number of... Of Amazing Spider-Man ones, that's the Is one that, that keeps okay. coming in. We're like, okay. seriously, um, yeah. and then of course we've had a couple ASM three hundreds. <laughs> it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be an episode if you didn't talk about that. <laughs> the five thousand dollar book that got away. Oh my goodness gracious! Now I think that one's come down a little bit. 
I think it that's has coming down a little bit, but you should have taken me up when I had them for sale to you years I, ago for right? just five, six hundred bucks. Right, right. Yeah, well, there was another one that was coming down that 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 book just wants to bite you in the ass for the rest of your life. I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and the fact that I sold my werewolf by night thirty two, you know, a year or two before. The goddamn series. <laughs> it got Moon Knight got his own series. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm the world's biggest idiot. So let's <laughs> let's celebrate that. <laughs> comics for fun and not as much profit. <laughs> no, so comics just for fun now. <laughs> the profit is just a an occasional icing on the cake. <laughs> Mostly uh, that's fun. Great. <laughs> so I was going to say that my um, my honorable mention, something that we see doing actually consistently well, um, Marvel did a run of those hip-hop covers yeah. maybe three, four years back. Yeah, those were And awesome. there's a good chunk of those that are in that 15 to $40 range. So that's, um, that's maybe a little bit of a freebie uh, for those of you out there. Uh, you know, keep an eye. Subject matter is key. Musical artist at times is key. But, um, yeah, there's definitely, like, there's some Miles Morales ones out there, some other Spidey ones, uh, Black Panther. And those tend to, to do usually quite well. So if you see them in a cheap bin, don't be afraid to snag those. And it's just ama- it's amazing the things that bu- bubble up to me. Um, you just, just hold your shit because... <laughs> okay, you don't ever event- sell it. Any- eventually... It's gonna get hot for some reason or another. You, you, it's just it, it blows my mind the things that spike and why they spike, and then they're hot for a while, and and you're like, oh, that was quarter bin fodder, that was that was dollar bin fodder, and and now look at it, it it you're, you you stay in this game long enough, man, you see it all, right? Darn right. Hey, it's the good folks at Comics for Fun and Profit reminding you. That nobody Patreons like we Patreon. So join us at C4FAP and go over to Patreon slash Comics Fun Profit and sign up at a level of your choosing. There's various tiers with various goodies for you. Somebody, Something that everyone gets at any level is you get to be a part of our Slack channel community. And you get early and ad-free access to all our episodes. But wait, there's more. So go over to Patreon slash Comics Fun Profit and check out all we have to offer. We urge you, sign up today. All right, let's take a look at the good folks at Deep Discount who sent us their FOC list. Hey, who are those guys? They sound kind of nice. Yeah, they are kind of nice. And uh, their contact information is in the show notes if you would like to be a part of Deep Discount and get this handy dandy spreadsheet you can um it is uh the, the link is in the show notes you can send eric an email eric at cowabungacomics.com eric with a c um and uh is that all i need to say that's that good get, enough for now that gets that gets you on the foc list that gets you on the pre-order list so you get both yep. sets both sets of communication and special um variant covers and exclusives Correct. as well all right eric this is what you're talking about this well curated spreadsheet it has 
multiple types of codes from various types of distributors. <laughs> uh, with Link various, galore. Various price discounts that has to be interpreted and hyperlinked so that folks can take a look at them a little closer. Um, and this is all done with, what does he use? Does he use uh, Python? What, what kind of... What kind of code does he does he work in? So the FOC forms, these this loving person on the other end of the line um, manually builds. Uh, the monthly order form is yes, it's generated using Python. Gotcha. I don't even want to know how many hundreds of lines of Python code it takes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and thank God I don't pay him by the line. Yeah, and occasionally, occasionally. It messes up, but not that often. Not that no. often. It, it's no, you'll more... notice that there's more mess-ups on the FOC um, because it's like either uh, someone's rushing to get it out or it's late or whatever. And I, I, there was one maybe three or four weeks ago. All right, secret for everyone who gets this. If for some reason the hyperlinks don't work, if you highlight the column C and right-click and go to unhide, you'll get columns A and B which has the link and the item code. I screwed up the hyperlink somehow. Huh. And I had people like, the links aren't working. The links aren't working. And I'm like, um, oh, okay. It's two columns over that you can't see. So my bad. <laughs> so you right click on column C. Yep. You kind of like click, click drag to the left and then right click on column C. And then you go to unhide. Yeah, I don't have that capability. Well, yeah, we'll have to you have to Microsoft Teams me sometime. <laughs> Walk me through it. <laughs> but anyway, the links work, so that's cool. Yeah, the links are working on this one. So we got Batman One Bad Day, the Riddler number one, a one shot. Um, what are your thoughts on the one shots? We're noticing a lot more of these. I'm a bigger fan of them than Kyle is. Kyle hates them. Um. I like the idea of doing one shots versus like an anthology, you know, if you were going to do like a Batman and various villain anthology or whatever book instead do, do these. Right. I, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with it. I guess it just depends. Uh, Oftentimes, it's it's a reason to up the price. And the one thing that bugs me is when they that's true when they do it and they just grab a bunch of old content that's already been created and they slam it into something and it's like, well, okay, you're just selling covers, whatever. Get off is, my lawn. Th I is guess. that what this is? Is this old content? No, this one's got some new stuff in it. But yeah, um, we don't. Our orders are not usually all that strong for these, um, and I think it's mostly because of the price point. So. Yeah, that is eight bucks. Yep. How's Batgirl selling? Batgirl's doing okay. Um, okay. Poison Ivy is definitely the better of the the girl sellers um, for DC. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, Batgirl's is okay. And this is one of those cases where the one in twenty fives. A lot of people comment and say, like, you know, if this is an open to order cover. Yeah. I'd sell a boatload of them, but as a one in twenty-five, I can't sell a one. Hey, that's how I feel. Uh, I hate them. I want yeah. independently orderable. I know you like them. I hate them. 
I mean, I'm down with ratios as long as the the artist is there to support it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's an awful lot to spend for a single comic. <laughs> oh, we got a new Deceased starting up. We've got Deceased War of the Undead Gods. Is this going to be... Uh, Tom's last hurrah, Tom Taylor's last hurrah in the deceased world? I don't know. Uh, I guess never say never. I mean, he he's done doing the the unjust, injustice stuff, um, but the deceased yeah. world seems to be selling very, very well. Um, we have a ton of, uh, of customers who love him, and the this time, unfortunately, like there's usually a Matina open to order, and... and Looks like this yeah, one is D. going to be the body bag. Um, Co- the so, cover D is, right? Yeah, but I have a hunch that there's something inside it. But allocations may occur, which means allocations will occur, which means if you order 15 of them, you may only get five, depending on how many come in. Heads up for everyone. The Mantina, the Mantina or the... The body bag one, the cover D. Oh, sealed up. Gotcha. Yep. And that's independently orderable, but it but they're allocating that. Why you, you know that's not you, uh, is that because you got to order them so far in advance? I think it's because the production time to make them, but yeah. you know, not like you have the opportunity to set the order date. Anyways, um, you, you know, can't you just pre-order them <laughs> earlier in the cycle? They they don't have any issue making us pre-order things later in the cycle. Why can't we order them earlier? And yeah, Karen. Yeah, so back it up a month if that what it, if that's what it takes to print the poly bags, right? So that you can guarantee that the numbers are going to be there. They, hmm, hmm, that makes me mad. Allocation mm-hmm. makes me really mad in a pre-order business. I agree. It's not fair. Now we've got Harley Quinn 19 and I'm pretty sure that this was on last week's FOC as well. Call me crazy. Yeah, I we 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 always shout out to Oh no, got it. Sorry. Derek Chu. Um but usually it could have been one that was in the sneak peek and not Harley- Harley Quinn 18 was last week, and the only yeah. reason that I remembered it yeah. was because the Ryan Sook homage for Harley Quinn 18 was um, a different Batman cover. This is obviously homaging the first appearance of Robin. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah those, and, and their two covers are always fantastic. Yeah, those have been really, really great. Tough to choose, but I, I do like the homage a lot. Yeah, and then there's a 1 in 25 Jimbo box which is kind of a manga-style, watercolor-painted-looking. And who is that? Cover. I don't know. Jimbo Box. Never met him. Uh, that's the guy's name, you think? Well, that's what or... it says the artist's name is. 1 in 25 Jimbo Box. I was thinking it might Art be style. a... Uh, that might yeah. be like a style that'll be repeated throughout. Guess not. Uh, no, it's capital J, capital B. Jimbo Box, one word. Well, yeah, the guy works at Calabunga's last name's Box, right? <laughs> he doesn't go by Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> no relation. No relation, and yep. I would be remiss but, if I didn't look at the uh, Nubia Queen of the Amazons swimsuit edition. Hello. <laughs> 
Now, is this Sandman number one special edition really 35 cents? Yeah, because this is uh, one of those special, um, similar to how they do like the Batman Day. Oh yeah, yeah, have, okay, uh, yeah. Yep. So that's what this is. I always like. So we get them like in that. bundles of twenty-five. Very nice. Yep. I got way behind on Superman, Son of Kal El. I don't know what's going on. I'm like four issues behind on that one. Miss Meow, I skipped entirely. That's what is that? Merck Publishing? Don't even. Yeah, I'm not even familiar with that. Yeah, Miss Meow has definitely done very well for us. Let me take a look at the cover and I'll tell me what is it. Yep, there. Now I know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Zenoscope Cheesecake's got nothing on that. No, no, no. I think the first issue had an art germ cover on it, which was yeah, off the charts sales-wise. Scout gives us meta, metalinguist, metalinguistic crimes division. I wonder what metalinguistic crimes are. Interesting. Sometimes, sometimes the when the words are too confusing and I don't understand them, that makes me <laughs> not want to read a book, right? Yeah, when you're too meta about being meta. Yeah, you're a little too clever. Goodbye. <laughs> I want to enjoy, not think. Come on now. A vault's given us heart eyes. I love the cover. Love that art style. Uh, is that Dennis Hopeless? Yep, Dennis Hopeless writing, and then. Nice. The cover B is uh, Michael Dialinus. I'm not 100 sure I pronounce it, but he worked a lot with um, uh, James Tynan on the Woods and okay. um, Cognetic, Mimetic, and the other Etic. And of course, Frizen's doing a. Ver- yep, Frizen's yeah. doing her Frizen stuff. Yep. Criminal that she makes a girl so peaceful and. Serene, <laughs> yeah, that is being like covered by an octopus cephalopod. Could have grabbed some of her original art at C two E two pretty reasonably, and I didn't. I probably should have. <laughs> she was right. She was sharing a table with Tim Seeley, and I bought Tim Seeley original yep. art instead of hers. Mistake. Yeah. Oh, here's here's the dreaded. Amazing Fantasy 1000 got me so angry several episodes ago. I just about I just about stroked out. I was so mad about the math that they used to get to 1000. Ours is best to not question or try and figure it out. Just just go with it. Yeah. And and also Kyle and I I think we're equally angry that the the facsimile for Amazing Spider-Man annual was $8. You got a problem with that? Yeah, it Uh, seems a little high. Seems a little high (laughs) for an 80 year old annual, but (laughs) that's just me. Well, I can tell you, it's going to cost you more than eight bucks if you try and buy it today. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You can't get the original. No. Yeah, in my in my head, facsimiles should not be over four dollars, no matter the page count. 
Now, I'll this... keep that in mind if I ever get into uh, to the to the publishers and printing facsimiles. Who <laughs> yeah, says okay. they cannot be more than four ninety nine? Yeah, stop this crap! Don't do this. He will not uh, buy them, and he will not advocate people buying them. Now, Daredevil two is actually Legacy. What is it? Six hundred? Is that right? Oh boy! Well, I believe. Yeah, I believe it's six hundred. So that would be why it's a six dollar book. Yes. So they so they correct. they relaunched it so they can get a number one in and get a high price for a number one with tons of covers, and and then that that makes issue two fall on the legacy six hundred, but so they can jack up the price and throw extra covers on it. Um, Marvel's just like playing 3D chess with the shenanigans. They just are one step ahead, always milking us, gouging us one for one more dollar here, a couple more dollars there, and I I just can't keep up. That's amazing. That's amazing math that they did. F- fantastic. Kudos, kudos, Marvel. You got me. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta I, roll with it. I was I was wondering. I was like, I wonder why they're really. Why are they relaunching this Daredevil one? I mean, same team. Nothing's really changing. That's weird, right? Now it all makes sense. It all comes into focus. <laughs> this is why. Should have known there was an ulterior motive. The answer to all your questions are money. <laughs> Naturally, follow the money. Follow the money. Uh, is this slot doing the Edge of Spider Verse? Uh, this is... Yeah, Slot. Yeah, yep. I think he's going to have fun with this last one. Should be some new characters. Spider-Gwen, the new Spider-UK mini-Spidey, and get to know your antagonist for the huge story. Yeah. Then we've got Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight, number one. The little one shot I think should be fun. Uh, I did enjoy her series very much, so I think I'll get this. Will I get all three? I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it is Moon Knight. I know. I got, I got a problem. I don't love the Momoko. I don't. It's actually, as far as Momoko goes, as of late, I think that's probably one of the better ones I've seen. Yeah. Uh, the shawl, the the Declan Shalvey is pretty nice. That's pretty tempting. But if I'm getting two of the three, why not get you all gotta, three? Yeah, you got to do the you know? Oh, why not? It's tough to have these conversations with the uh, owner of the shop <laughs> with that the guy I'm that bought. sells them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you want that one? Oh, uh, yeah, no you gotta. You, yeah. Oh, you'd be a fool not to throw that in your cart. <laughs> <laughs> Images pop out at you here. We've got Deadliest Bouquet, Erica Schultz. Yes, yes. Uh, Jason did an interview with her. Yeah, that's right. And right underneath that, 8 billion genies. Number two, number three goes to second printing with number four first printing. Better get that. Right. I've heard a thing or two about that book. And Love Everlasting. So Tom King. 
really, really cool Jenny Frizen cover. If you look at cover E, it is in the style of the old romance comics. And you know what? That's that's a unique look uh, from Jenny Frizen. Because yep. a lot of her stuff is very similar uh, stylistically. But that's yep. that's a different thing for her. I love that. Is it independently orderable? It is. It is. That's that's in the cart. That's in the cart. And that's yeah. so that's King and and Elsa. What's her, what's her name? Chartier. Chartier. Yeah. She did what? Um something with She didn't do Bitch Planet, did she? Who what did she do? Um I know I feel like something. Yeah, it usually tells you, but it doesn't in this one. I don't know what I know. She's I know her from something. Yeah, Love Everlasting. I know for sure. Um, well, yeah, I think. She, what else has she done? She's done. Uh, oh, Department of Truth. Okay. Okay. She's done some work in that. There we go. Yeah. So she has. Yeah, her her style's reminiscent of. Um, who did re- work with Reminder in Deadly Class? Who's that? Can't think of that guy's name, but um, man, my brain is—I know, right? Not on full throttle. No biggie. No thing. West oh, Craig was it? West, West Craig, Craig, yeah, yeah. It's got a—he's got. She's got a little West Craig in her, I think. This wind book from Boom. That's another volume, right? Wind was out yes. before. And that's Tinian? Yep. Tinian, yep. Did Tinian do the first one? Yes. Okay. He's so prolific. That yeah, I, I don't know. Stuff going on. I'm not sure what all he's been putting out on his um, substack or whatever it is. The Closet was the first one, I think. Okay. That were, that they, I think Image is publishing for him. Yeah. The old the old Chuck Dixon doing a book for Antarctic Press called Unprepped. About the um, preparing for the apocalypse. Which uh, I can relate to pretty well now. I need to get my, <laughs> my bunker set up. <laughs> get your canner up and running. Oh man, I do not. I do not do well when like the power goes out. I had to get my. I had to get a generator. I just couldn't stand it. it was like I was out of power for like six hours. Nope, can't do it. <laughs> Let's go. We've got Samurai we Doggy from Aftershock. This is Chris Text. I'm not familiar with him. I guess he had something called Blackout. And illustrated by Santos. Uh, also, don't know his stuff, but kind of like the look. Revenge Tale. It does have a Wando incentive cover. I'm a big fan of his. Oh, we got Archie and Friends Thrills and Chills number one. Are we going to get? Uh... We're gonna have something special happen in Archie that we we don't want to miss again. Yeah, yeah. I don't see any new people on the cover. 
So that's what I missed last time. Just thought they were just randos jogging on the beach. But hey, hats off to Archie. Two ninety nine book. Blade Runner from Titan. Rivers of London back from Titan. I did not check out the new Archer and Armstrong when Valiant re-released them. I was kind of... I really soured on Valiant when they just started... They just went off a cliff, man. I don't know what they were doing. I didn't understand their publishing schedule. They were just... They weren't publishing stuff regularly, and they would like start rotating their titles in and out with new number ones. Didn't make any sense to me. And I never went back. Yeah, there's going to be some good stuff coming up. Um, Archer and Armstrong is not not one that really clicked with our customers, but a lot of the Cullen Bun stuff has. Um, and then there's going to be I think Marguerite Bennett's going to be writing. The series coming up, there's going to be a mature um, Bloodshot coming out. Um, so there's going to be some good stuff coming up. Yeah, they need Bloodshot back in. Bloodshot yeah. needs to always be out. Why? Why they ever? Why? Why they ever put that on the shelf? I don't understand it. I agree. The Studio Ghibli complete works looks interesting. I, I need to watch some of the big ones I never have I know I missed out on them Kyle's Kyle's a big fan of his stuff I didn't realize that there were 26 films in that studio wow mm -hmm. I thought there was just a couple yeah we we've watched a decent amount of them and you know spirited away a and... couple of different creators yeah I we tend more to the Miyazaki stuff than the Takahata, but um, like My Neighbor Totoro is a big one for us. Kiki's Delivery Service, um, Princess Mononoke, some of those are we like those. That's and that's that's not this guy. That's another. It is. That's that's oh. uh, Hayao Miyazaki is one of the screenwriters um, and directors in Studio Studio Ghibli. Okay. Do you have a crunchy roll? Do not. Stream. Probably should. You probably should. You're you're a pretty big anime manga fan. Yeah. That's all I got, man. Lots of good stuff though. Absolutely. I know what my pick is. You do? You have it all oh, locked yeah. and loaded? You're ready to go? Oh, yeah. Fully locked and loaded. Okay. Well, do you want to hear it? Sure. <laughs> um, I don't know as if it's going to necessarily blow up like crazy, but I think it's a beautiful cover, and I think it's different than the style like you called out. So I'm going to go with Tom King's Love Everlasting Number 1, but the Jenny Frizen cover. Okay, you bastard. You come on here and you steal my, my pick. That's, that's, not, that's no way to get invited back. <laughs> I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> um, that makes Remember, me. I'm, you need me. <laughs> uh, that's true. I'll go back to um, uh, the Ms. Marvel Moon Knight number one, the uh, Declan Shalvey, um, which I, I really like as well. So, 
good stuff. All right, next up, we're going to go over to Cover Price um, for their top 20. Uh, would you like the top 10 or the bottom 10? I will do the bottom. You'll do the bottom 10, okay. Yeah. I'm in rarefied air then. I get to do the, the top 10. I don't usually get to do that. Fantastic. Um, at number 10, Black Panther... Number three from 2022. This is the uh, Tosin appearance that uh, has been hot for a long time um, that I missed out on. It, uh, sold 24 copies, uh, fair market value around 56 bucks, and a 9.8 sold for 177. Uh, X Men number one from 1991. I'm guessing this is the one that sold 8 million copies. Mm hmm. <laughs> and the, the cover D Magneto cover sold 25 more copies. Uh, CGC 9.8 sold for 100 bucks and a fair market value of 17 bucks. There's plenty of these. Plenty. Plenty of these floating around. Um, but get yours now before they're all gone. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Eric mentioned Dr. Doom Hot. This is the 2019 series, the first issue of that. Uh, sold an additional 13 copies with a high sale of 140 and a fair market value of around 13 bucks. We've got at rank seven, the A-Force number one, one in 25, Stephanie Hans variant. Um, this book is trending uh, because of Lo Thor Love and Thunder. So take that as a spoiler if you will. Uh, high sale of three hundred twenty-five bucks for a CGC nine-eight. Fair market value of a hundred and fifty-four dollars. That seems very high. Oh, it is a one twenty-five. Uh, rank six. We have Batman one twenty-five, the Jock Foil variant, which is a one in fifty. Um, pretty good Zadarsky debut. I enjoyed it. Um, I think I kind of liked the Catwoman backup a little better than his Batman, but. You know, he did he did fine, and he's written Batman before, so I think Batman's in good hands with him. Uh, this sold 29 copies, uh, high sale of $77 for a raw, fair market value of around 56 bucks. We don't really know what that means. It's just, they just make up stuff. Um, another another Batman 125, this is the fail-safe design, cover M. Uh, 38 copies sold, high sale of $21.99 for a raw copy, and a fair market value of around 16 bucks. At rank four, we have 8 billion genies. Uh, the Bird City Trish Forstner Super Mario 3 homage, which was limited to 500 copies. Um, I did dig this one when it came out. Uh, sold 13 copies, and a new high sale of $275 raw. That is uh, nuts. Nuts. <laughs> um, so, yeah, go go for Super Mario homages. We'll be seeing a slew of them. Uh, the Spectacular Spider-Man Annual Number 4 from 1984. Um, we learn the identity of the woman under the armor in Iron Cat. It's a blast from the past in the form of Tomorrow Blake. Yay, everybody knows her. Uh, we tracked 25 copies that were sold. High sale of $51 for the raw. Did a fair market value of around half that at 25 bucks. Not bad for a book that routinely sold around 
for well under $5 a month ago. At rank two, we have Hercules, number one, from 1982. Uh, Spoilerishic from Thor, I'm guessing. Uh, we tracked 33 additional co copies sold of, for this with a high sale of 450 bucks for a CGC 9.8 to go with the raw sales that are routine, routinely hitting $30, bringing its fair market value up to 19 bucks. And at number one, 8 billion genies, the one that I understand, but Eric does not, that <laughs> why it's so great. Uh, 78 copies, more than last week's, uh, which sold 70. So 78 more copies sold. We have a high sale of 26 bucks for a raw, with a raw fair market value pretty close to that at 24 bucks. I have no idea how they come up with fair market value versus raw. Uh, it makes no sense to me. But whatever. Eric, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Starting number 11, You're the Villain, Hell Arisen number three. Uh, this is that first appearance of Punchline. She's back spearheading a new series called Punchline, the Gotham Gang. Uh, this is going to be launching sometime in October, November, and the news quickly caused her first appearance to pick back up in value. Uh, looks like 17 copies were sold, a seven-day trend of 105% with a high sale of 150 bucks for a CGC 9.8. Number 12, uh, one of my favorite covers from kind of the early to mid-2010s, Thor number one, the first cover appearance of Jane Foster, uh, continues to cling to the on the runner-up list post her appearance in Thor Love and Thunder. 24 copies sold with a high sale of $275 for a CGC 9.8 and a raw fair market value of 69 bones. Uh, number 13, coming out just this past week, Strange Academy 18, Ryan Stegman character spotlight. Howie Scott, the friendly lycanthrope, had several cameos in Strange Academy for his first full appearance in Strange Academy 16. However, this variant is the first cover appearance of Howie. Uh, 32 copies sold, high sale of $15 for a raw. Number 14, something I haven't heard of uh, in quite a long time, which is exciting. Paper Girls, number one. Last week, the trailer for the Amazon series debuted to a highly positive reception. It's been some time since any news debuted for the series. However, the positive response has rekindled interest in the first issue of Brian K. Vaughn's coming-of-age time-traveling phenomenon. Uh, 23 copies sold with a high sale of 125 for a CGC 9.8. Was this the one that Kyle had bought the signed copy from Midtown? I think so, yeah. He's, he's got a stack yeah. of these. He was a big fan. Yeah. Uh, number 15, Strange Tales 138 from just a couple years ago, 1965. Uh, as we're being <laughs> mindful of spoilers, we can only mention that this book has made the list due to the release of Thor, <laughs> Love, and Thunder. That is all. Seven-day trend of 118% high sale of 259 for CGC 7.0. Next up... Number 16, Black Panther. Number 3, second print. While the first print of this issue is made to the top 10, the second print is not too far off. Tosin Mania is here, and collectors are grabbing any and all issues related to his first appearance. 18 copies sold. High sale of 100 bucks for a 9.8. Iron Cat number 1, Scon 1 in 50. This fantastic Scon cover is still a highly desirable book. While it dropped from the top 10, it's still clawing its way through our runner-up. 15 copies sold with a sale of $100 for a raw copy. Um, next up is Marvel Age Annual number 1 from 1985. 
Yes, it's true. This first issue is the first appearance, or excuse me, this issue is the first appearance of the most well-known and beloved Marvel hero of all time, the Phone Ranger. Huh. It's an obscure character, but it's been sought after spec after a few set photos from Loki Season 2 were leaked on Twitter. Um, so we have tracked 17 copies sold with a high sale of twenty-eight sixty for a raw copy. That's very precise, $28.60. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, number 19 coming in is uh, X-Men number 4 from 92. Omega Red has been highly popular and a running joke character for, uh, the, that fans have desired to see in the MCU. For the past couple of weeks, Kevin Feige has been teasing that Phase 4 will reveal its next big saga soon. Many fans believe it will be about Secret Wars, X-Men, or King's plans. It's a lot of hope that it'll be a live-action version of Omega Red. 14 copies sold. High sale of one sixty six fifty for a CGC 9.8. And rounding out our list, what? What do you think, uh, what, what, what are you voting for? The next big MCU push. I think Secret um, Wars would be cool with me. That's kind of where I've been thinking it's going to be a Secret Wars. Yeah, if they can pull it off, that'd be that'd be pretty epic. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, number 20, Joker number 15, Gillum March 1 and 25. Debuting in Joker number 2, Bane's daughter, Vengeance, was a well-received character. Additionally, this feature delivers a finale of Tynan's run on the 15-issue Joker series. The 1 and 25 ratio is a beautiful piece of art by the highly talented Gillum March. 21 copies sold, high sale $45 for a raw copy. It, yeah, it's a, it's a nice it's a nice cover, and Gillum March is pretty awesome. So He's a very good artist. I didn't realize that was the last Joker. I'm going to read that one soon. All right. That rounds out our top 20. Yeah, let's head over to our friends at Lunar to begin our sneak peek at next week by taking a look at some of the items coming out on the 19th for DC's crazy schedule. See what kind of stuff they are doing. We've got Artemis Wanted, number one. Avita Ayala book with Skylar Partridge on art and a Mateo Scalera cover. Something about uh, something to do with Amazons and Wonder Woman. So I don't read all this, so I have no idea who that is. (laughs) But I was excited for a second. Batman Superman World's Finest number five coming out. Yeah, I like that, Matina. That's pretty nice. All the Batman the Night covers kind of look the same. They do. They have the similar kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah. We've got Black Adam 2 coming out. Really cool Brandon Peterson C cover. Yeah. That Raphael Sarmento's not too bad either. That's a good one, too. Catwoman, you can see that Jenny Frizen a mile away. You betcha. Gorgeous. How's Dark Crisis doing? Anybody care? Um, our typical DC folks are that are in for DC events are grabbing it, but um, not really significant sales off the shelf. I, I have not. I've not been wild to this point. But, I mean, it's early yeah. days, but I have not been wild by it. We're starting yeah. DC versus Vampires All Out War with that first issue with some great covers. That Kale new card stock looks 
spooky scary. Yep. Matthew Rosenberg writing. Uh, did you enjoy Fables when it was first out? Um, I did enjoy some of it, yeah. Are you, have you got a chance to check out the new issues yet? I have yet? not. I do find it interesting that this is number 153 of 162. Yeah. It's an interesting maxi series. <laughs> yeah, or, or we just say it's 153 and go from there. <laughs> I think they want it, want you to know that there's only a few more of these, so pick them up. There's an end in sight. We yeah. promise. But sometimes that's that's nice. Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes number four cover B. Travis Moore cardstock is pretty pretty sweet looking. It is. It is. Nightwing with some great covers as usual. Jamal Campbell and the Bruno Redondo. I like that. I just mm-hmm. like I like his style. You got style, kid. Yeah. She bites. I can't. I thought that was already out, but maybe not. Vampire in the body of a nine-year-old. That's. I think that's been done before, but might be good. <laughs> that's my life story. Yeah. And that's kind of it from Lunar. Let's head on over to our folks at Diamond and look at what Image has to offer. Bloodstained Teeth, I've enjoyed quite a bit. The first couple of issues of that so far have been really good. Do a Powerbomb, the first issue was good. I enjoyed that. Wrestling, I'm not a wrestling fan, but it kept me, kept me engaged. I am an uber fan of Ice Cream Man, and it's on its 31st issue with a couple of cool covers. Yeah, that is um, that is definitely a series that has found its audience. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm one of them. So Profit's back? Yep. Who's, whose book was that? Whose book is that? Liefeld? Rob Liefeld. <laughs> okay. That's why I don't know it. Uh, Rogue's Gallery gets a first issue. This is Hannah Rose May. And uh, Declan Shalvey doing just the covers? Just the A cover. Tula Tula Lote looks like doing the B cover. I think this was Kyle's um, FOC pick a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it sounds right. Really hate how... um, short the FOC cycle is now. It really drives me nuts. I'll see what I can do. I'll put in a word. <laughs> when you're when you're talking to him about uh, pricing of uh, right. independently orderable books and, and no facsimiles over four ninety nine. Yeah. Right. I'll make sure that that's all put that on the list. I got a yeah. list of grievances a mile long. I'll send I'll email you. Might have to be a zip file. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Skybound presents After School. This was this first one was fun. Um, I think this is an anthology, so this will be a different book or different story, and different characters and stuff. But the first one was really good. I was uh, impressed. Should have known. 
the Skybound X25. This is their 25th anniversary issue. Is that the deal? This is yeah. Four new upcoming. This already came out, right? Because now there's there's an Image 30th anthology. Image 30 came out, yes. And so this and this is the this first? is Skybound X number 25. This is the first one of those, right? They've not no, been it's the 25th not, issue. No, but it's not really. Mm, there've been other Skybound X's that have come out, but not 25. There haven't been 25. They're they're not 24, I guess, but there have yeah. been other. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. There have, but I don't think there've been this that many. You know what? Number shenanigans, you're off the list. Add it to the grievance pile. Ah, yep. Yep, there you go. Some great Walking Dead covers. Love the Sea by Rivera. That's the governor's daughter, right? Sure is. Great. That's great. Head down into Boom. Our boy, uh, Brian Azzarello, finishing up Faithless 3, the 6 of 6. I absolutely um, have to point out Grimm continues to sell just gangbusters for us. It's really good, too. uh, Yeah, some cool covers. I I love the the prison has a very uh, David Bowie vibe going. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm not sure who the Lee is. On the FOC variant, Inhyuk does some good stuff yep. too. Inhyukly, um, very classy. But um, yeah, this is story of uh, the sto- the the plot is that there's multiple Grim Reapers, and right. she's she's one of them, and she's not that great at it, but it's it's really good. First couple of issues have been really good anyway. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, down in Dark Horse, we're looking at uh, Lonesome Hunters, uh, Tyler Crook. We've got the Dark Spaces Wildfire Number One's a Scott Snyder book. Oh, which one is Dark Spaces Wildfire Number One? Top what, pop- top of the list. What pub? What publisher? IDW. Okay, I was in Dark Horse. Sorry. Dark Spaces Wildfire Number One. That's Scott Snyder and who? Hayden Sherman. All right. Inmate firefighting program. Inmate women firefighters. All right. I'm in. I'll check that out. That's the only thing that IDW is putting out for the week. Uh, they got some Gajira, Rocketeer, Star Trek, TNT, Transformers. Kind yeah, of the I, standard licensing fare. Yeah, I didn't didn't see that. I didn't I didn't expand the list. <laughs> <laughs> Darn plus button. Boy, so yeah, you're right. It's one Original IP and licensed properties. Licensed the rest of the way. Wow. Well, Usagi, I guess, is it? Uh, down in Marvel, we get an Alien Annual. 
Axe Judgment Day 1. People excited about that up there? Um, there's there's decent pre-orders for it. We'll see okay. how it goes off the shelf. That's going to be the big question. Gotcha. Are people up for a, a big Marvel event, or are they not so much? Fortnite's continue to do well, I think. Gosh, yes. They doing well for you? Oh, yeah. We have all sorts of moms calling, wanting to get the codes for their kids. It's actually quite entertaining. <laughs> I don't know. He just wants some code. What? I don't know what book it is, but he said that you would have it. <laughs> that's that's the most common discussion we have. <laughs> this, and, it, and it happened with the DC re- versions, too, I'm guessing. Yeah, Batman, Fortnite. And the best yeah. part is they come in and you're like, is there anything else we can help you with? No, I just need to get this and get out of here. <laughs> nice to see you. Thanks for stopping. Shop local. Rip that page. They rip that page out and toss it in the trash on the way out the door. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happens. <laughs> that's sad. But maybe, just maybe, there's a percentage of kids that come into this comic world because of it. Who knows? Yeah, boy, Drew, that sounds like a an, a real common occurrence. Peel a kid off a screen to read a book. <laughs> Maybe not. You ever thought of a gig in marketing? <laughs> <laughs> That's our hope. That's always been our hope that they watch this hit TV show and it get drives them to the comic. They watch the movie, it drives them to the comic. They play the video game, it drives them to the comic. That's the hope. It's good to have hope. Yeah. Give Speaking of hope. Up. I hope you're enjoying Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood. I'm not. I don't like it very much. It feels like uh, inventory stories to me. Like, not really great, well-curated Moon Knight stories. So far. So far. I think the second one was a little better than the first. Well, hopefully the trend continues, because this is number three. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah. going to relaunch Shang-Chi again. I don't know. Ten rings. I don't know who asked for that, but that art germ is well, freaking amazing. So. I was going to say, it doesn't matter who asked for it. They got an art germ and it's worth it. It's a beautiful art germ. He might have a future. Yeah, I wonder if, he's, I wonder if he'll ever have the time to do an interiors. Um, based on what he gets paid for covers, I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> right. Why would he, right? Right. We get a little Anakin Christopher ac- action figure variant uh, for Star Wars 25. That's fun. Kyle has warmed up to these uh, Sprouse Choose Your Destiny variants for Star Wars books. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about them yet. Um, yeah. They're kind of cool. But they seem a little disingenuous because at first I was like, "Oh, choose your own adventure." Yeah, kinda like you know, no, it's it's the yeah, yeah, not That's right. Quite. Destiny, Star Wars, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's all left. The comic seller made a made an improper assumption. Venom. Still Ooh, that's kind of cool. The Darth Vader twenty five. Choose your destiny is Darth Crawl. That's that's a pretty cool one. 
That's a cool one. And what's her face? Who's that? Oh, it's a, yeah, Ashoka. That's Ashoka Tano. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be a hot one. I'm gonna that should... all right. That's my that's my pick. Lock it. The choose your destiny, Ahsoka. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. The Clone Wars uh Sprouse Lucas film, whatever that has her on it, you got it. It's Ahsoka Tano. My wife is a crazy Ahsoka Tano fan. I there's more clothing in this house with Ahsoka Tano than anything really? else. Wow, yep. that's awesome. She has an entire bookshelf dedicated to busts, figures, statues, action figures, stuffed animals, stuffed creatures, you name it. So I'm guessing she watched she watched the uh animated series? Oh, very much. Before you before met you or after? Uh both. Wow. <laughs> yes. Cool. All of the above. Uh and yes, Venom still does very well for us. Nice. Finally get the Mad Balls versus Garbage Pail Kids, number one. Oh, good. Taking Kyle's youth and smashing it together. Were you too young for Mad Balls and Garbage Pail Kids? Um, it was. It went right before me. Yeah. What else we got? Anything See if any of the small publishers have anything. Armor Clads from Valiant. Ghost Ship, is that a manga publisher? Yes. If I had, did not have a backlog of books, I think I would love manga. I think I would. Uh, There's some really, really great stuff. Every Um, time I try it. Yeah, I enjoy them. Every time I try yep. one, I enjoy them. And just sit in the same vein as European comics. Like, every time I grab a European comic to try it, I love it. And I'm like, I should read more of these. But then I have, like, I'd, I'd have to stop reading Big Took books completely. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that. I can't. I can't quit them. <laughs> Blink, uh, number one. Is Oni Press? Oh, poor Oni. Not doing really well right now. We might not get an issue two. Blink, blink. Uh, this is yeah. Christopher Sabella and Hayden Sherman doing this book. Uh, what is he? He's website techie. It's a techie thing. I can go with that. A little sci-fi stuff. Looks not too bad. Yeah, a couple other, you know, other Ball Men, number one, Cat Girl, number one. A couple of fun back half number ones coming out. Mm-hmm. Ah, Florida Man, number one. Life Zero, I've enjoyed that. That's been good. Little Red Ronin, number one. Source point. Locust Ballad of Men. Kind of revisiting that locust world. Okay. Didn't realize that. 
a decent amount of back half stuff coming out. Yeah, finally, week, which is kind of nice to see. Yeah, More sometimes it's pretty thin. Uh, Zenoscope yes, giving us um, Robin Hood Children of Doctor Moreau with some creepy covers. There she bites again. Yeah, the, the cover D. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's the one I was drawn to. Yeah. And Whiteout is uh, Greg Rucka book that they're reissuing mm-hmm. 25 years later, which is kind of cool, but it's 10 bucks. It's a, yeah, this is, uh, I think this is just number one. There's, um, I have the trade of it, and it's very good. Well, it's Greg Rucka and Steve Lieber. I mean, right. that's pretty good pedigree right there, right? I, I cannot refute that. Yeah. So we've got your choice, which we already heard, uh, yep. the Star Wars Han Solo Chewbacca number four, Sprouse Choose Your Destiny variant. Correct. With Ahsoka on the cover. Yep. Mine, I've gone back and forth on a couple of number ones, and then I came back to Shang-Chi... And the Ten Rings, the Art Germ, Art Germ. variant, That's which a good is just one. beautiful. I can't take my eyes off of it, so it's got to be that one. It is a great cover. Yeah. So anything for the good of the order before we let you go? No. Well, for, think, for a week uh, or two. Yeah, we'll <laughs> give it a couple weeks, let it cool down a bit. Um, you know, without Kyle being here, we had to make sure that we hit the two-hour mark. That's always our goal. <laughs> <laughs> because you guys pay by the hour, so it's fantastic. We, we do. We do. Your invoice is in the mail, I think. So <laughs> I'll, I'll take care of that. I'll have my people get with your people. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you again for, for filling in, on, and I appreciate it very much. Uh, if you have any questions for Eric, he'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, so feel free to reach out and let us know. Otherwise, we want to thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. This episode has been with uh, Eric and Drew, so tune in next time.